I shared yesterday with the men a principle that investing into others, investing your life into the lives of others, and Sean said it where we serve God for ourselves, live for somebody else, invest in somebody else. And uh, so we get so caught up in our nucleus but if you'll let God use you outside of your nucleus, you'll be surprised at what he will do for you in your nucleus. Some of you get that later when you think, turn your brain on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you'll move in what God asks you to move in and touch people that God asks you to touch and be used by God, it's amazing how he will take care of yours. Amen. When you're faithful in what belongs to somebody else, when you're faithful in his kingdom. I, I, I shared with the men yesterday this thought. It still blows my mind. God said he sent his son, and then Jesus called these men. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build my kingdom in the earth, but I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to turn the authority of my kingdom over to you, and I believe that you will cause it to spread throughout the entire world. Do you understand that? God believes in us. Amen. He believes that he can invest his kingdom in us and that we will cause it to multiply throughout the whole earth. Amen. So when you get involved in doing that, he wants to build his kingdom to establish it. The Lord cares about people. How many know Jesus died for people? He died for people. He loves people. And when we just get into agreement with God, it is amazing what He will do through our lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let, let me give you uh, just two other little quick announcements. One is that our concourse is coming up that we have been working with. This year will be our 14th year of working with the concourse down at Serrano, which is a classic car show. They have everything from antique cars to modern cars to high-end cars, everything there, and uh, just an amazing, amazing event that Nilo puts on, and uh, we partner with them, and they have been supporting us in the way of giving to the Lord's Gym, so they give back to the Lord's Gym about $500 every month in support of the gym, which is $6,000 a year, and we go down and help them do this little event, and uh, for guys, it's cool if you like cars, ladies like cars, whoever like cars and stuff, that part of it's cool, but just being there hanging out it's just a cool principle when you make something happen for somebody else come alongside other people God makes stuff happen for you so we help them have a great event and uh, they help us support the Lord's gym and so it's a great partnership together and people say oh I'd like to give more I'd like to help just going and serving a day or two days so you can sign up Tony is heading that up Diarcos, and uh, the, there's a sign up sheet out there you can be a part of that but uh, such a great time we do there Friday Saturday and Sunday just three days this year last year we showed up on Sunday afternoon and we tore everything down so we used to have to be there on Mondays too but last year we've kind of got it down to a well-oiled machine right now we've done it for so many years and so we were done by six o'clock on Sunday night and so it was awesome and before it was dark we were all done wrapped up and didn't have to go back on Monday so that was awesome amen and uh, so you can be involved in that. And then I want to just encourage you. John Muncy's coming on September uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He's going to be with us. And uh, we're just going to have a great time and, uh, with that. 
But it uh, also, Tracy uh, Lindquist is going to be with us doing worship. I've been trying to have her come for a long time. So her first available date was the third Sunday. She leads worship at the Rock of Roseville. Great friend of ours. So just wanted her to come and minister. So it just so happened that they both have that day available. So I got Tracy booked, and then John said, I can come here. I said, well, we'll put you together. So Sunday morning is going to be great services with Tracy and John. And, uh, and then Monday night and Tuesday night, John's going to be ministering. How many know there's a lot of stuff happening in line with Bible prophecy right now? John's going to have more ammunition than we're going to be able to handle when he gets here. So it's going to be a great time, so uh, be a part of that. How many have been interested by all the stuff going on? How many know we live in a world stuck on stupid? I love Pastor Glimberto. I reposted his video. So uh, last Sunday, he was right in the middle of his baby dedication. He went off. And he just says, we have a bunch of stupid white people using my Bible to justify their actions. And uh, people got after him because he called people stupid. I said, no, that's the right word. So, uh, amen. So, you know, uh, anyway. But let me just say this. People say, what in the world is going on in our society today? And uh, so I wrote this this morning just for this. Open your Bibles up to Psalms chapter 11. And just before we get in the Word, uh, I'd like you to hear this this morning. Because everybody goes, what are you going to say about that? Are you going to speak to that? In fact, uh, we were talking with Austin and Teresa and different people are, even on Facebook, people are calling out Christians because they're not speaking to things. I'm kind of like this. It's kind of hard to speak to stupid because they never listen. Okay, so now that you've voiced your opinion, you really changed the world. Woohoo! How you How many know it's going to be take, take more than opinion to affect a change? I don't have time to read this whole passage in this service, but I want you to hear verse 3. Psalms 11 verse 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Listen to this that God gave me this morning. We're seeing played out before us the effects of the rejection by a nation of the foundation upon which it was built. The truth and the principles of God's word. There must be a foundation for truth in our life. If not the word of God, it will have to be something else. Our emotions, feelings, experiences, self-perceived wisdom and knowledge of all things good and right. It will vary from person to person, from culture to culture, from generation to generation. There will be nothing solid to build upon other than the shifting sands of individual perceptions. Our nation and our world as a whole has turned its back on God. Rejected the authority of His Word and replaced him with the cultural relevance and tolerance and acceptance of our day. And it throws a temper tantrum when they don't get their way. The only hope is a savior. No law or legislation can fix the moral fault line which is shifting under the surface and causing the earthquakes of societal unrest and disruption breaking out across our country and the world. These are only mere tremors leading up to a major quake. And in our society today, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the tremors of a major earthquake that's about to take place. And John will share, I know, a lot more. But Hebrews chapter 12, if you want to write these verses down, you can on your outline. Hebrews 12, 25 through 29. 
See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen? And I know this, that there is a shaking and a time coming. Psalms 11 actually goes on to say that God sees everything that goes on. And there is a day of accountability coming. Amen. And so, as I read that, it ties into what I want to minister this morning on taking the limits off of God's Word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come this morning... And we want to pause first to pray for our nation. Father, we are a nation in turmoil. We are a nation in confusion. We are a nation that has lost its sense of direction. We no longer have a clear sense of purpose. We are fragmented, disoriented, divided, and we have become self-consuming and destruction. We are virtually, Father, eating our young Father, we ask for your clemency, for your help, for your intervention this morning. We need a breakthrough in our nation. As the church, we accept the mantle of responsibility. Like Nehemiah, we choose to pray. We choose to ask for forgiveness. We choose to repent and confess the faults of our fathers and our nation. We're asking you this morning to move on behalf of our nation. Lord, let your spirit break through and reign through with truth in the hearts and lives of our leaders, those who govern, those who make decisions. Father, we pray for those who are caught up in the lies and the deception of strife and division and and animosity and contention and warring against one another. Father, we just speak peace right now over our nation. And Holy Spirit, we ask your presence this morning that you would come. That you would come with authority, that you would come with clarity, and most of all, that you would come as who you are, the spirit of truth. That you would teach us this morning, you would open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 1, and then we're also going to go to 2 Kings chapter 13. Amen. How many had a good week? Amen. We have been blessed, and uh, I just want to say thank you to our team. I'm so blessed as a pastor for everybody that's on our team, our church, our congregation, and uh, for us being able to be away on the vacation that we take every year, but then also being able to be away last week and spend time with our son Austin and Teresa and our little grandbaby Aurora. And uh, it's awesome to be able to get to know your grandkids. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed by having so many that are here 
But uh, Tuesday, I got to say goodbye to a little princess. And uh, so, thank you. Amen. I'll be right back. <laughs> no. Say, what's that for? That's in case anybody tries to rush the stage this morning. I deliver myself. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1. God who at various times, in different ways, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. Everything is held together By the power of God's word. Everything. When he had himself purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Having become so much better than the angels. Which is kind of hard for people who say he's Michael the archangel. He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. Than they. Now, if you would go with me to 2 Kings chapter 13 and beginning in verse 14. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. And then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow and Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it and Elisha said, shoot. And he shot and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Assyrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Verse 18. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times Then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. How many have ever been in a situation where it seemed like you get a temporary victory over something and then it shows back up? And you pray and ask God about it. And after that little time of prayer, you get a little reprieve. But it seems like the enemy comes back again. 
What Elisha was saying to the king, he said, take the arrows in your hand and strike the ground. And many times what we do is that we put limits on God's word. So he heard the man of God say, strike the ground. So in his mind, he thought, hey, three or four times ought to be enough. And most of the time we think, you know what, I pray five minutes a day, I spend a few minutes in the Word a day, I try to be nice, I do a few little things. That should be enough to get my answers from God. What you should do is you get down and you keep striking. And you strike until the Holy Spirit says, that's enough. You've obtained the victory. You will have to deal with this no more. And you stop. Until the king should have kept striking until the prophet said, okay. It's sealed. Are you listening to me? But we have a tendency to do what we think is enough. And when we operate in that mentality, we have just limited what God desires to do in our lives. We've just put limits upon the Word of God. Are you doing all right? So let me ask ourselves a question. Look at the cover of your outline with me. How can we live our lives without barriers, removing the limits, restrictions, and restraints that are being set in us and around us every day is the challenge. We must find the desire and develop a willingness to break out, to move beyond the boundaries set by anyone other than God and His Word for all our life. Nobody has a right. I shared this with somebody the other day. I said, you know what, you and I could agree 100% on child raising. My kids and I could be in 100% agreement on child raising. And we could be in my house. I can be in their house. And their kids could be doing something that I totally disagree with. And we both disagree with. And we both believe it should be handled the same way. But that's not my authority. Are you doing all right? And so for me to go beyond the boundaries of that, because I understand as a grandpa, I'm just in spectator mode. So unless you invite me to get in beyond that mode, then I don't have that right to exercise that authority. And so we have to understand that when it comes to speaking into people's lives, when operating and doing different things, we have to be careful about the barriers and the boundaries that we set, that we don't go too far in one way or another that creates great problems in our lives. Are you with me this morning? So think about this. Only God sets the boundaries for our lives. Only God has the right to speak into your life. Nobody else has authority over your life. My children are the authority over their children. Your heavenly Father is the authority over your life. His Word is the authority over your life. Nobody has a right to set an interpretation or limits or barriers or boundaries over your life that are contrary to what your Father has said. Are you listening to me? How many of you have ever babysitted somebody else's kids? 
How many know they mind you real well while they're alone with you? How many know as soon as mom and dad show up, they change? Because they recognize the authority that they... Let me know what I'm trying to say. Okay. You're cool, but that's the authority. I know exactly what the boundaries are with them. Or what they're not with them. <laughs> Amen. So, watch this. Say this with me. We live too small. We live too small, people. We live too small when it comes to living for God. We allow the lies of this world to diminish God and we live too small. We've been given the life and the word of a limitless God. This is not something to be accomplished in a day, a week, or even a year. This takes time because it's connected to the process of renewing, of the renewal of our mind and the transformation of leaving behind the old man. How many know your old man dies really hard? Your old man goes out kicking and screaming the whole way. Amen. Serving Christ is like being the demon-possessed kid. You come to the altar, and before you leave, the devil torments you and throws you. I mean, know what I'm saying. But we have to leave the old man to walk in the Spirit. You and I, coming to Christ, you receive an invitation to leave the old man and to walk in the Spirit. And there's a difference between natural and spirit. And when we live in the natural, we reduce the Word of God. You have to live in the Spirit to take the limits off of God. Think about this. Old ideas, concepts, perception, and habits must be broken, dismantled, and replaced with the truth of God's Word and His limitless will for our lives. Matt helped me find it. So we're going to order some more bracelets like this. We found a place where we can actually order these and, uh, and uh, have them embroidered. And this is my second one over the last seven or eight years that I've had on. I leave it on all the time. Because I want a reminder, the initials here are what's on your outline there. W-D-T-W-F. It's just simply, what does the word say? People say, I, I, people ask me all the time, how come there are so many different denominations? Because there's so many opinions about what this book says. Every denomination is built around an opinion about what they think the word says. And many times, I said this one time, we were part of another organization for 22 years. And uh, I was on the executive board there, and, and uh, so I was in a board meeting. I said in a board meeting, I said, hey, guys, if we didn't believe what we believe, you couldn't get us to believe what we believe. They looked at me just like you. If you there's some things that if you didn't already believe it, if it wasn't cemented in you as truth, if you opened the word and just began to read, you wouldn't believe what you believe right now. Because a lot of things that we believe you can't even find in the Bible. Well, cleanliness is next to godliness. Okay, do that word search. I know it says it in there somewhere. I have people tell me, I know it says in the Bible somewhere. So you're going to base your life on that? Come on. How many know we could go deeper? That's what I mean. We live too small. In thinking. So what does it mean? Write these initials down too. S-T-W-O. S-T-W-O. I'm going to make up another one for that. What's that stand for? Speak the word only. 
Speak the word only. Well, let me tell you about my condition. I, 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 I'm going to throw this in here right now. Uh, let, let me just give you this challenge. Ask somebody to hold you accountable over your words. Not by being the confession police, but by asking to agree with what you're saying. Somebody, so the next time you say, my life sucks, that they'll say, I agree. <laughs> I just can't seem to get a break. I agree. Nothing ever works out right for me. I agree. How come everything always goes wrong for me? I agree. Because the Bible says, if two on earth shall agree, shall be established unto them. So may your words be established unto you. Because your words are a creative force. Are you listening to me? But we don't take that seriously enough. Amen. So many times people come up for prayer and I'll say, what do you want me to pray for? And they'll give you something general. I'll say, well, how, you've given me nothing to agree with. So I agree today you will receive nothing. Blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Jesus called him to him. You have a blind man asking for mercy. How many know the obvious is there? Jesus still made him tell him what he wanted. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus made the man say, I want to see. Or in other words, the Lord said, I cannot just enact my will upon your life. You have to ask me what you want. That's why Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things even before you ask. But your word opens a door for God to release his provision into your life. You have to speak. But you have to get by, like I said, old ideas, concepts, perception, habits must be broken. We've been taught that to speak the Word of God, to declare the Word of God is pride. We have all kinds of religious mindsets and things been set against us. You have to break those. Look inside your outline. I must renew my mind to release my faith, to believe and to receive the fulfillment which is greater than the promise. Say, what do you mean by that? I mean, when God makes a promise in here, the promise declares what God will do. But when he fulfills it, it's always greater than what he promised. For God is a limitless God. He cannot, he, he has to declare it, but when he fulfills it, it has to be more. That's why Paul wrote, that God may do exceedingly and abundantly above. All you ask or even think, because by nature, He is a limitless God. He is eternity that is entered into time. And when He comes in, He comes in as all of who He is. And there is no limit to our God. Somebody ought to shout amen. Well, think about this. When I hear the Word of God, I must lift my faith to receive more than what I have seen and heard. Too many times we have limited God to the mere expression of His Word instead of being able to see Him do exceedingly, abundantly, and above. We tend to keep the Word of God in the realm of man. 
That's where we keep it. We keep everything confined right here. We think about what man can do. I just think, well, let's, okay, if we're going to keep it in the realm of man, let's just take it to another level. Because unsaved men have put men on the moon. Unsaved men have figured out how to shoot things in, live in space, orbit, fly back in, fly back out, go to the sea. We, unsaved, come on. And yet in faith, we walk around, we can hardly believe to get a pimple healed off our face. <laughs> I didn't mention any names, so don't be looking around for pimples right now. Amen. Watch it. Now listen, man is limited and restricted, but God is not. Man is limited and restricted, but God is not. Too many times God is reduced to the level of the messenger who is only a man. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm a man called by God. Paul said, I, Paul, called to be. I, Paul, called to be. I, Don, called to be a pastor. And so it says in Ephesians 4, it says that he gave gifts to men. So God calls somebody and makes them a gift to men. The problem is, is that he puts a perfect gift in an imperfect vessel. And so then, when the gift is under the anointing, people go, ooh, ah, wow, deep. I receive that. But then when they encounter the man... They go, where'd that other guy go? Because the gift is for you. And, and so God puts this gift in, peep, in a man, in a vessel. But the vessel never qualifies the gift. And neither does the gift qualify the vessel. See, if God uses you to give tongues and interpretation and prophecy, it doesn't mean that you're sanctified. It means you were willing and available and obedient. You still have issues. <laughs> Are you listening to me? When God, see, ministry, ministry gifts, the fivefold ministry is anointed to see truth and teach truth. To equip you to grow in maturity in Christ. That's the anointing. But when it's all over, the gift has to figure out how to do life just like you do. I'm anointed to see truth and teach truth, but not to live truth. But because we've become so enamored with our society and we're so inoculated with the culture of our day, we want our pastors and our leaders to be our heroes, to be our idols, to be our superstars. We want them to float in on a cloud of glory. We want them to have an aura around them so we have to put a veil over our faces to be able to look upon them like Moses. We want them to float to us with the word of the Lord. And we think if we go where they are, somehow God will be greater there. Are you listening to me? But none of that's in the Bible. 
Which is why Paul said, Paul, he says, hey, this is what happens, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I'm preaching Christ, but, but I still have to bring my body into subjection daily. Lest after preaching Christ to others, I myself become a castaway. Are you listening to me? And the reason I'm sharing that is because when you shrink the word of God down into the realm of man, you may watch, I'm preaching and, and the anointing of God, and then I'll get down as soon as service is over, I'll say something stupid. <laughs> of course, I say a lot stupid, but anyway. But, but, but I'll say something, you'll go, well, how does he, what's up with that? How can he be a pastor and do that? Because I'm a gift, I'm not perfect. Amen. And the same thing is, all I need you to do is give me as much grace or give your pastor or your leaders or the gifts of God as much grace as you want us to give you. Could I get a good amen? Well, oh, pastor, I'm messed up. Will you love me anyway? Always. Amen. I'm messed up too. Will you still love me? But see, what happens is, is that when the gift makes a mistake, because we put the realm of God, the word of God in the realm of man, we disqualify the word because the gift made a mistake. And the only person gift ripped off is you. Because you just said, oh, I can't receive that because of that. I said in first service, it was a jackass that saved Balaam from getting his head split by an angel. Amen. I'm just trying to keep your hair parted from being parted. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you doing all right? Hear me this morning. I put it in there. If you measure God by man, you rob yourself of his limitless promise. You know people, I know people, I meet people all the time who are not in church and not connected, and not sitting under the word, and not receiving from the gift that God has for their life because of a fault of a man. A vessel made a mistake. So now they've thrown away God, they've thrown away the word, they've thrown away the body of Christ. And now they're isolated unto themselves, and they've made themselves a prey for the enemy. Amen. But we are smarter than that. Amen. So think about that. Our faith must be elevated when it comes to the fulfillment of the promise. I remember, the, the, <laughs> I think about it. My favorite line ever was by Buddy Bell. Years ago, Buddy Bell, who was on staff with Willie George at Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he was over their ministry of helps. He coordinated all their ushers and greeters and all their service areas of ministry. And he went to churches and helped teach and help organize. And one of his terms was, fear not leadership, organization, and structure. Because right in the middle of, of, of 1 Corinthians 12, 28, is the prophets, prophets and, and teachers and, and, and that are healings and miracles, and then gifts and administrations, helps and administration. So organization and structure is in there with all the super spiritual stuff. Because it's needed, amen, other than can't. Because everything's supposed to be done decently and in order. They doing all right? And so with that, but he goes, he was, he was talking about it. He says, you know, he says, I get concerned. Because I watch all these men of God, and, and, and they have these bodyguards, and they're armed. And they're, they're covering them and protecting them. And he goes, I'm thinking, if the man of God needs bodyguards, who's protecting us? <laughs> You'll get that later, amen. Anyway. But I mean, we, we get, how many know we get things out of proportion? Amen. Our faith must be elevated when it comes to the fulfillment of the promise. Your faith, my faith, you're going to have to elevate it when it comes to receiving the
the fulfillment of the promise. What do I mean by that? John chapter 1 and verse 1. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Whatever form of Bible you have, phone, iPad, real Bible. If you have a Bible, it doesn't need to be plugged in. Hold it up real high. I'm teasing. People always say, Pastor, why do you like real Bibles? Because it never loses its power. Never had to recharge this Bible. I'm teasing. Amen. But anyway, I have my, I have my, I'll hold up both my Bibles. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But anyway, hold it up. If you have it on your phone, you have anything, hold it up. Everybody, if you have your phone, whatever you have for a Bible, hold it up. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand right now? No, what, no. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word. So what do you have in your hand? Okay, so what, what's, what's the limit to God? None. Are you with me? So, but the problem is what we've done is we've made the Word a container instead of a key. We've made the Word a container instead of a key. The Word is not a container, it's a key. And when you believe the Word and act on the Word and speak the Word, it unlocks the provision of the Word. Are you hearing me? The Word of God is a key that unlocks the provision of God when spoken by faith and acted upon through obedience. When you speak and you act, the Word unlocks. What's it unlock? Heaven to earth. Limitless God into our limited life. We live too small. Because when you shrink God down, we have... If, if you go back to denominations and circles, you can go through all kinds of denominations who have what they say are biblical reasons why God doesn't do things anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. The gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't needed anymore. And so they reduce God. They, they, limits are placed upon God. And so you have to decide, what's my foundation for truth going to be? That's why I said, we've given up our foundation for truth. If you and I want to have a discussion about Bible things, I have to ask you first, what's our foundation going to be? Your opinions, your experience, your tradition, or is it going to be the Word of God? Doing all right? Because that's what I mean. What does the Word say? That's a great thought. That's a great opinion. But is it even in the Bible? Amen. 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 Where do, let, let, let me give you one example. How many are, are, are interested by all the, the there's been a, a huge rise over the bishop ministry? Bishops. Everybody's a bishop. First Timothy 3. If, anybody, if any man desire the work of a bishop, the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. When did the office of a bishop become higher than a five-fold ministry gift. A bishop is a presbyter, overseer, superintendent. Okay? They oversee established things. The five-fold gifts are gifts given by Jesus to men. Are you listening? This is a call. We were under a denomination that changed our superintendent's name to a bishop. I said, that's awesome. I said, isn't that cool that all the pastors out there are pastoring their churches and doing stuff, so you have something to bishop over? <laughs> if it wasn't for us, you'd be the bishop of nothing. 
So now that you have bishop, you're all inflated and puffed up. Are, are you listening to me? That's just one. But, but we get the thing, well, wait a minute. How did bishop get elevated over the fivefold ministry? It's, it's a concept that's not in the Bible. Can you show me the word cardinal in the Bible? Can you show me the word pope? And I'm like, you get into, I'm just, I'm just making illustrations. And, and, and when we get those ideas, what are we doing? We're bringing the word of God into the realm of man. And so you may have different things. You may go, I don't believe in any of that. That's fine. But there are other areas that we have on restriction. We have all kinds of different things about healing. Jesus just simply said, Jesus said like this, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I mean, no, that is a limitless blank check. But the, Well, I know the Bible says that, but, okay, that's your limit right there. God's going to go as high as your butt. I want God to get a little higher than what I sit on. Are you doing all right? You say, Pastor, no. You say, well, why do you teach like that? Because nobody challenges us today. We're just allowed just to believe. And so consequently, people are discouraged with God. They're walking away from God. Why? Because they're saying the word doesn't work. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this word. The only problem with the word of God is operator error. I I hate my computer. I can never get it to work. Have you taken a class? No, but I figured out where the off and on button is. Glory to God. Are you doing all right? We have to put the Word of God in the realm of God. The Word in the realm of God is beyond any limit or boundary that can be placed there by man's comprehension or lack thereof. That's the same. When we don't have it, we have experiences. Well, I know people who prayed for healing and did it again. How long did they pray? How long did they pray? The Word of God said, the, 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 the prophet said, strike. And, and he didn't tell him how many times. He said, strike. And when he said, strike the ground, he didn't say three times. He said, strike the ground. And he should have kept striking until Elisha said, that's it. It's sealed. And when the Bible says pray without ceasing, pray and keep praying. When the Bible says to pray all the time, pray all, I wouldn't even pray all. And so we're praying, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep praying till I get the release. There are times I prayed, and we just pray, and then I feel like, okay, it's done. And then I walk away knowing. It's done. Settled. I'm done. I don't have to touch it anymore. It's sealed. It's finished. I have the victory. How many know what I'm saying? But we have to press into that and purpose to live like that in God. Hallelujah. Think about it. Too many have restricted God to the size of His Word. I'll say it again. It has become a container for the God who can be contained by nothing. God cannot be contained. And so if I limit God to what the Word says, God has to introduce Himself and interject Himself into our lives in some way. How do you get eternity into time? How does eternity get into time? God said, this is how. I I, I will give you my Word, and if you will hear my Word and receive my Word, then that will open the door for me. Look what Jesus said. Pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, Heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom 
come, <laughs> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But <clears throat> what is that? That is a request. That is a declaration. That is a petition. And that is you taking the key of God's word in faith and obedience and acting upon it. And heaven comes to earth. Are you doing all right? Amen. So think about it. So it's a key, not a container. There's a creative force, an endless, limitless possibility in the Word of God. Man has a limit or boundary in his life when it comes to the Word because he doesn't understand it and perceive it as a living, creative force. This Word, this is not a book. This is a living Word. Jesus said, John 6, 64, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak are spirit and they are life. And when you receive them as spirit and life, it produces life. Amen. I don't have time to get all the way there this morning. How did Mary get pregnant? How did Mary conceive Christ? Be it unto me according to your... She believed the spoken word of Gabriel. And that word was conceived in her womb. And the spoken word conceived in her womb produced the Son of God. I want to shout right now. What would happen... If the spoken word got conceived in the womb of your spirit, what will it produce? What it contains. 1 Peter chapter 1. You are born again, not by an incorruptible seed, not, not, not by a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. How do you get born again? You receive this word into your heart, into your spirit. And this word is life. And the word is the life of God. And you're born again by the life of God. That's why James says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. The word there in the Greek, engrafted, means the implanted word. Which is able to save your soul. So the Word of God, when it's implanted, engrafted into my being, it contains life. And God ordained this, that every, this Word is a seed. The sower sows the Word, and, and, and the seed is the Word of God. And so when you and I receive this seed sown into the womb of our spirit, it produces the life of God. And there is no limit to the life of God. We live too small. Take the limit off of your life. The Word of God is not a container. It's a key. Unlock it with your faith. Speak and declare the word of God and watch it come to pass in your life. Amen. Think about it. Go with me to, I, I have two scripts I have to cover real quick. Go with me to Matthew chapter 12 real quick. I may not get to James, but nobody likes to read James. Because <laughs> he preaches too straight. James just said this. James says, yeah, if, you can if you can handle your tongue, you can control your whole life. But he said, watch it. He said, your tongue is a fire set on hell. And a little spark starts a whole forest fire. 
So it'll start a whole forest fire. How powerful are your words? James says, hey, if you're not careful, your words have destructive power. But Jesus tried to get us to believe that our words have his creative power. So we can either speak with creative force or we can speak with destructive force. Amen. Write this down on your outline. Every relationship, I don't care what it is, every relationship, everywhere, anywhere in your life, will be built or destroyed by words. Every relationship, no matter what it is, anywhere, any level of life, is built or destroyed by words. Two people fall in love. I love you. You're beautiful. Well, not really, but I'll say it anyway. No, I no, but, but we say all these nice words to each other. We're just saying nice words, loving words. And, and we begin enduring ourselves to each other. And then pretty soon, I can't stand you. You always do that. And what are we doing? We're destroying what we used to build up. Doing all right? Every time. I love my job. I got the best job in the world. I can't stand my boss. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Words. Creative, the creative force. You're the only thing in this world. The proof that God exists is the fact that you can speak. Amen. The proof that man did not evolve from some microorganism and go through all the process and everything else is, is debunked by speech. Human beings created in the image of God, are the only ones that have the power of creative words. Matthew chapter 12, therefore, verse 31, therefore I say unto you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Either in this age or in the age to come. What does that mean? It means your words have an eternal connection to them. The words you spoke here carry over into eternity. When God said in Genesis 1, as Austin preached last week, when God said in Genesis 1, light be and light was, there's no end to that creative force. Our scientists have gone out, the telescopes, they say, as far as we can see, there are still new galaxies exploding onto the horizon. The creative force of the spoken word of God will continue Continue throughout all of eternity. And Jesus is saying here, your words and my words have a creative life to them. And they carry from one age to the next. That's why I'm thankful for the blood. There's some things I've said that I want canceled in this age. There's some stuff I don't want following me into the next age. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. That's why 1 John says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every day we battle with being able because James is true. We cannot tame our tongue. And Christians go through that. I don't have anything to repent of. I'm perfect with God. How's your mouth? You're nice. Your mouth's going to hell. Amen. Watch this. Either, watch, watch. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else what? 
Make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. O brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The worst team come back. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle, non-creative word, Men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Say, Pastor, why are you reading it? Because we don't see the creative force of God's word and of our words. If we did, we would be more cautious. We wouldn't hesitate to say, hey, check me. If you hear me saying something, I've asked Tim to be my coach. I said, Tim, I need your help. Check me. You have the right to speak into my life. If I'm doing something, thinking something, saying something, if you hear me in conversation, help me. I, I, I need to get better before I die. Before I leave, before I'm done, I want to get better. But I can't get better by myself. Why? You won't correct yourself. Are you doing all right? You, you won't push yourself, you won't correct yourself, you won't deal with yourself the way you need. So ask somebody, just hold me in account. And by doing that, when you're speaking, just ask them to agree with you. That'll be enough for you to go, oh, wait a minute, why are you agreeing with that? I feel like I'm coming down with this. I feel like I'm coming down with that. I agree. Amen. God bless you. May your be multiplied unto you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why not? Amen. Speak the word. Believe in the Christ. We live too small. Take the limits off of the word of God. Take the limits off of the word of God. I told the men yesterday, God called this time. He gave them power and authority over all sickness and all disease to cast out devil, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out, to, 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 to do miracles. He gave them authority. And we have people today say, well, that doesn't work today. Don't agree with that stuff. Speak the word only. Amen. Stay with the word. Because Jesus said, verse 37, by your words... You'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. How about you? I'm going to take the limits off of God. I'm challenging myself. I, I get caught up. That's what I mean. I get in. I see this. I think, I, that's so cool. I see all that. How come it's so hard to do all that? <laughs> that's what I mean. I, I live it just like you. And I'm challenging myself to speak the word. I bring myself into accountability. Do that. Come on. There's more to life than what you're accepting. Why live? Amen. If, if we put an abundance of money in an account for you. And you never drew on it. And just complained about never having it enough. And you had an unlimited account. Yeah, but that means I'd have to go down to the bank and withdraw it. <laughs> I mean, we, we do things. I mean, I'm being facetious, but I, I'm trying to be. Because sometimes the excuses we make for not doing the things of God are, are really lame. It don't make sense. We don't do it in anything else. We use so much faith. You speak with so much faith every day. You declare things all the time. Your whole life, 
is the fruit of your lips. Go with me to Psalms 141. Last verse. Are you doing all right? Psalms 141. This is what David said. Psalms 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. Set a guard, O Lord, over the doors of my mouth and keep watch over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lip. Do not incline my heart to an evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. Do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike me, and it shall be kindness. Let him reprove me, and it shall be an excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. In other words, in the, when we help one another, encourage one another to speak life, speak life. Take the limits off of God. Noble Hayes said it years ago. I heard it's powerful. He said, if the doctor gave me a terminal diagnosis, he said, I'd get my Bible and I'd get in the middle of my living room and I'd act like I had good sense. And I'd just raise my hands and I'd begin to worship God. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. Thank you, Father. I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I call those things as be not as though they were. I'm the healed of the Lord. He said, I just act like I have good sins until my healing showed up. Amen? Watch this. Well, that seems stupid. Oh, yeah? We walk around all day. I have blah, blah, blah. I have blah, blah, blah. It's getting worse all the time. I asked the doctor. He says it's getting worse. I agree with the doctor. I'm speaking what the... We're confessing all the time. We don't think it's stupid to confess death. But we think it's stupid to agree with the God of life. I'll never amount to anything. I agree. I always mess things up. I agree. I mean, know what I'm saying? No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I may not have the wisdom, but God says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who does not hold back but gives to all men liberally. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to tell you we've been blessed and we've been given the life of a limitless God. And if we'll keep striking the ground until the Holy Ghost said that's enough, you have the victory. The church of God and the people of God will walk in the limitless provision of God. God is not a man that he should lie. His word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Pastor, you're too radical. That's too hard. No, cancer's hard. Terminal illnesses are hard. All that stuff is hard. Radiation treatment is hard. Everything else is hard. Speak life. Speak life. Instead of worrying, speak answers. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to worry about this. Just start saying, Father, I thank you. I don't know what to do about this, but you're going to give me the answer. The Holy Ghost is my teacher. He leads and guides me into all truth. Holy Ghost, I need some answers. Thank you. You're bringing an answer to me. I thank you. You're going to send somebody my way that knows what I need to know. You're going to bring people in my life that know what I need to know. You're going to bring favor. You're going to bring provision. God, I trust you. You make all things work together for good. To those who love you, called according to your purpose. I love you. I'm living for you. You're turning everything around on my behalf. I'm going to bed. Going to have a good night's sleep. Talk to you again in the morning. God bless you. Amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Say, Pastor, why do you preach with it like this? Because it's life or death, guys. This is life or death. Life or death. Amen. My friend Dave Diamond, crazy man from Louisiana. Those of you who've been here over 20 years know David. You can only have David once every 20 years to your church. He was in a little country meeting. Louisiana, pastors in Baton Rouge. They're having healing miracles. He operates in miracles. In the service, and this lady came forward and said, he goes, what do you need? He said, well, she said, well, I have two little hangy down things in my throat, and there's only supposed to be one. So, you know, a little thing in the back of your throat, a little hangy down thing? Well, she, she had like two, and one of them was like a tumor. He goes, you do? He said, open your mouth, let me see it. And he looked in there, he said, open real wide. He reached in there and he grabbed it. And he said, Die! In Jesus' name. That's all he said. The next night she came back. She came through the back door. Pastor David, Pastor David, Pastor David. I don't know what happened. I don't know whether I swallowed it or it fell out, but it's gone. Yeah. And so as they had the healing line the next night, the little country church... How many have you ever seen those really dignified little country ladies? I pastored that church. We had some ladies just real, I mean, hair perfect. I mean, they're dignified country ladies. The little lady come walking up. And uh, he goes to her, Sister, what can I help you with? She said, Before I tell you, I just need to ask you, what are you going to do? He goes, He goes, he goes Well, what's your problem? He says, I have really bad sinus congestion and nasal problems. He says, well, I'm going to take these two fingers and stick them right up your nose. He says, oh, no. I can't let you do that. And he said, okay, keep your sickness. Oh, no. So he said, I learned something about the healing ministry that night. He said, if the Lord ever tells you to stick your fingers up somebody's nose, you don't go like this, you go like this. Because as soon as I put my fingers up her nose, the anointing hit me. And I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. And her head is like. <laughs> but she got healed. See, sometimes we put limits on God. And sometimes God will do strange stuff. You know what? I'm into answers. Amen. Now, I'm not going to stick my fingers up anybody's nose or grab any hangy down thing in your face. Okay? 
But maybe today, maybe today, it's time for you to strike the ground. Maybe there's some things you've been agreeing with. Maybe you prayed and you struck the ground three times and you've been frustrated. But maybe today, the one thing you need to repent of, to confess of, to break out of, to take the limit off, is the way you've been speaking. Maybe it's time to speak life. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. All you have to do is ask the Father of life to plant His Word in your heart.